You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne. It's Thursday, 30th of October, 2020. At 8pm on the 30th of October, 1938, the Mercury Theatre on the air began a broadcast in New York of an adaptation from the H.G. Wells novel War of the Worlds, written 40 years before. The episode was directed and narrated by American actor Orson Welles, and the first half of the hour-long programme was presented in a dramatic breaking news style. Though it was clearly announced at the beginning that it was a fictional drama, it seems that some people tuning in late took it as a live news broadcast, which was apparently interrupting a scheduled piano concert. Nothing happening. Some shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against the mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror that leaps right at the advancing men. It starts from head on. Lord, they're turning the flame. The whole field caught by the woods of fire. There's gas tanks, tanks of the automobiles spreading everywhere. Coming this way now. Orson Welles and his fellow radio actors continued broadcasting the episode to its end, not realising that it was creating some panic amongst listeners. The reporters graphically described the strange object that supposedly had fallen on a farm in New Jersey. The script included eyewitness descriptions, screams and explosions from the site, interjections by scientists and military leaders. A comment by a reporter that Martian cylinders had landed all over the world and that New Yorkers were fleeing and dropping like flies against the Martian war machines added to the drama. Some listeners may not have stayed to the end when it was reported that the Martians had succumbed to the effect of bacteria on Earth and had died. There had been some concern in the days before the broadcast when CBS legal people told the scriptwriter that it was too credible and that the realism had to be toned down. Names of real places and organisations were changed to fictional ones. During the broadcast itself, from the announcement of the dropping of a strange object from the sky to the fall of New York, the reports announced events that simply couldn't have been done in the time of the programme a meeting of the cabinet, large-scale troop movements, battles on land and in the air. Logically, these could not have happened in the time frame. But the power of radio became clear. Hundreds, maybe thousands, and some say tens of thousands, believed it as it happened. From halfway through the broadcast, the producers in the studio had been made aware that there was potential trouble. A phone call was received just before the first break, demanding that another announcement of the programme's fictional basis be inserted. Police began arriving, demanding to be let in to stop the show. The mayor of a small midwestern town called, furious, claiming there were mobs in his streets. In the bedlam that followed the end of the show, the cast had to leave the building by a back entrance to avoid newspaper reporters, photographers and police. As they looked up at the lighted bulletin board that circled the New York Times building, it was flashing out the headline, Orson Welles Causes Panic. Americans at that time were already nervous due to the growing possibility of war in Europe. 
Some of those who panicked didn't hear the Martians bit and assumed that America was under attack by Germans. Later research suggested that the supposed panic was far less than was hyped up by newspapers in the following days. The Mercury Theatre on the air had a very limited listenership on its CBS radio channel. But it suited the papers to build up a backlash against a radio broadcast, as radio was at the time taking a growing share of their traditional advertising revenue. Other American public figures took up the cry and demanded regulation against deceptive broadcasters. In the end, the extent of the panic was myth, but in later years the mythology grew, not least because Orson Welles himself enhanced the story as his career progressed. CBS themselves subsequently did a 1957 TV special, The Night America Trembled, building from it a greater sense of media influence. On the night itself, Orson Welles is said to have sat with his head in his hands during the tumult in the radio station, saying he was finished in the industry. In fact, it did him no harm at all. He died in 1985, but today is remembered not just for innovative work in radio and theatre, but also is considered to have been one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. There is no war of the worlds. Thanks for listening.